millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to an episode of Not Without My Sister. Today we're going to talk about how bossy Rosemary is and what a really great collaborator I am. I'm Beatrice McCabe. And Rosemary McCabe. Thanks, Rosemary. And we're, no, today we're going to talk about being what kind boss. of being the manager or the boss or being in charge being you know what are we like correct supervisor are we good are we bad are we indifferent are we self-aware do we know can rosemary remember from that one time that she was (laughs) in charge 20 years ago We should probably have other people actually on telling us what we're like. But here's our opinion of ourselves in terms of what we're like when we're managing people and how we like to be managed ourselves or how what kind of maybe what kind of direct reports we are. I I don't know if I'm very good. My God, I was thinking about that on the way over. I was thinking about like, what would I say makes a good boss? And I was I was thinking about like bad bosses I've had. And I was like, I'm neither a good boss nor a good underling. It's bad news. Well, like I always think it's interesting when we do these work exercises, like we have, you know, we do um, workshops or whatever. And people always, there's always inevitably at least once a year a question of who was a great mentor, name a mentor, list list a mentor, somebody who's been a great mentor to you to in your you. life. Yeah. Oh. And I never can think of anyone. I always have to go back to secondary school to she who must not be named so she doesn't get a big head. But I'm like, that's the only person I could think of as a mentor. But maybe I'm just working in the wrong industry for mentors. I don't think anybody in fashion and like now design well I mean I have just never come across anybody who was super interested in raising me up maybe it's me maybe it's not the industry and do you think you have ever been a good mentor to other people indeed I have I'm very I mean is that something that you're aware of that you try to do you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean yes and I think you know Julie and I set up an intern program like in DVF to bring people from NCAD to get and actually and at John Galliano like very I was very we were very involved in very interested in like giving people opportunities that were not necessarily holding out the hand to the next generation to get up the ladder correct 
I mean, I'm trying to think, was there anybody that I would consider? I mean, the closest person to a mentor. Like, I'll look where I want I'm thinking. Look me in the eyes. Your I voice goes Your voice goes eyes. all presentry when you start Good. looking away. Good. That's my <laughs> professional radio voice. Okay. I missed you. <laughs> the one person that I can think Stop. of. Stop. <laughs> the one person that I can think of. I mean, not to give her a big head as well. It's probably my friend Kirsty, who was my boss oh, yeah. at Stellar. Yeah. So she was the editor when I um, interviewed for the deputy editor job that I then ended up getting. And I worked with like under her for I think it was probably a year but even since then she is somebody who I would go to for work advice you know if I'm going like oh god like how much should I charge for this or what should I say to this person or how do I tell this person to bog off or like recently there was a piece written about we talked about this was a piece written about my pregnant my pregnancy announcement on an on an Irish site and I was really horrified by it because I was just like I think the headline was something like, you know, Irish journalist announces her miracle pregnancy. And I was like, I never called it a miracle pregnancy. It is a miracle pregnancy. You're a fucking miracle pregnancy. You were a miracle pregnancy, we actually. Miracle You're right. <laughs> miracle birth. No, but just the whole thing made me feel really uncomfortable. And I was talking to her about it. And I was like, what should I do? Should I ask him to take it down? She was like, you could totally ask, totally ask him to take it down or you could just totally ignore it. Yeah, but you're a slab. You know I mean? You're a slab with an S. Stop? Slab. Stop. <laughs> but no, but like she's still somebody who I feel like has always been very good at recognize not like recognizing talent I don't mean that as in like oh my my god but like she she (laughs) she is good at that and she's good at kind of going okay like this person could be really good and then being quite generous with her time and her advice if she thinks it's worth it if you know what I mean it sounds to me like maybe I'm a mentor to you but you just hate my advice and because I feel like I give you the exact same advice as maybe Kirsty gives you and it's not welcome coming from me you're my number one critic Kirsty gives me advice I ask for. You give me advice I don't ask for. And unsolicited advice is criticism. Oh, no. Recently tell our it's mother. generous. It's a generous. No, Beatrice. Use of my valuable time. is criticism. According to who? Says who? According to everybody. <laughs> if everybody, if you think about it really now, somebody gives you advice you didn't ask for. What are, the, what are they really saying? They're saying. They're saying. You're doing that wrong. No. You could be doing that better. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> they're saying. They're saying, you know what? I'm spending time thinking about you. I'm using my brain power on you and I could be using it on one of my four children. But oh no, I'm spending time thinking about you and how I'm you spend, could better your life. Yeah, I'm spending time thinking about you and all the things you're doing. No, literally you said, yes. you called me up and you were like, I can't believe this thing. Look at the stage of this article. And I said, isn't it great? Don't worry about it. Isn't it fine? I said, ignore it. That's literally what I said to you. And yet mine was unwelcome, unwelcome criticism. No, no, no. Because no, no, no. But that wasn't really, no. I don't feel like that was unsolicited advice because we were on the top. It was unsolicited because you didn't ask me. You never said, hey, mentor. Hey, mentor. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> literally now, every time I call you, hey, mentor. Hey, mentor. Actually, I'd more like the mentor from Harry Potter. <laughs> Hey, mentor. You're so proud of that. That was really good. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Pity she's a turf now. (laughs) That'd be good. No, but listen, back back to the point. I'm obviously not the boss of anybody but myself. And even then, you're the boss of me, apparently. So (laughs) you're (laughs) a mentor by your boss. Listen, you'd like, you'd like, you know, a mentor is somebody who you go to for advice. Yeah. Like, Beatrice, let me finish. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody you go to for advice and somebody who like helps foster your your best uh, self and really like kind of helps your talents shine, right? So tell me where this differs from our relationships. 
You are somebody who comes up with ideas you don't have time to do yourself and you just want me to do them. That's what you, that's different. You're not helping me, like in my career, coming up with new career ideas I, and sound exhausting. Well, you know what? I asked you for that piece a couple of weeks ago that you never wrote for me. Oh my God, I didn't write back to that email. I actually thought about that yesterday when I asked you for a piece. I was suddenly like, oh my God, did Beatrice ask me to do something? I did and you didn't do it for me. Yeah, well, listen, that's a good lesson for you. <laughs> I'm not going to do everything for everything you ask because you're not my boss. <laughs> Apparently you are my mentor, which is very different. Anyway, back to the point. Oh. There's one time, one period, one glorious period for me, but not for anyone else. When <laughs> Apparently, when I was a boss of sorts, when I worked in Zara, when it opened for the first time in Ireland and they had a very long and laborious interview process. And anyway, I got like selected from a pool of 3,000 people. It's only five, but I have no idea how many people went for it. Anyway, I was, I was selected <laughs> oh as cashier. God. And then after our training, I was, I was given the role of deputy head cashier, which like definitely went to my head. I was 19 <laughs> or something. I, was like, I am amazing at numbers. I'm really good. I've just done my leave. And of course, I was just got like a B1 in honours maths. I was at how my How many points did you get again? Prime. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, <gasps> Oh, what a weird question. That is a weird question. You know, some, you know, a guy asked me that once. What? I, I was chatting to him. I think I'm, I think I got talking to him on Tinder and I said something about a book I'd read. He said, say you're really smart. How many points do you get in the leaving? This is when I was about 32. I was like, no, that's, that's not it. That's not the way to go. I'd say you're very smart. Oh, I, read I one bet. Book. No, I guarantee you were like 530. Where are we meet no, up? I wasn't. I actually said I couldn't remember, which, which hurt me because I wanted to say 530, but I was like, I can't remember. I was trying to be dignified. <laughs> Because I wanted to tell him, I wanted to show off. Anyway, so I was deputy head cashier, right? It basically meant that when the head cashier was off, I was the, I was the head cashier. And what were your responsibilities in this role? So in Zara, they have a really strict split between who deals with the cash and who deals with everything else. And so nobody whose floor staff is allowed to go behind the behind the tills or allowed to do anything. So at the end of the day, you cash up all the tills and then you put it all together and you have to... I don't know, like reconcile what you have in cash and what you have in credit cards versus what you're supposed to have on the computer and then figure out where any discrepancies are coming from. And if there's a difference, you have to start all over again and cash out all the tills again. Like, So you're basically responsible for the money that comes in and out on any given day. Now, for the first couple of weeks, they had extra head cashiers shipped in from London, I think, to help us because I think the first day we took in a quarter of a million, it was people, they went mad for Zara. I remember, weren't there lines out, weren't there lines like overnight, etc.? Yeah, there were lines overnight. There were lines all day. Georgina and Nikki, Georgina Hearn and Nikki from Westlife queued up, queued up at my till and I said, oh my God, my mom bought VIP magazine just for you guys' wedding. Why did I say that to them? Why did I even, why didn't I just act cool like I didn't even know who they were? It was absolute sap. And years oh. later, Nikki blocked me on Twitter. I think because I was talking about how it was ridiculous that he got his own radio show when like thousands of people have been working in radio for years. It was ridiculous. Anyway, he's just one of the many radio DJs who blocked me. Joe Duffy blocked me for a while, Beatrice. You know, what if I had a grievance? Who would I talk to and I couldn't talk to Joe? did Joe Duffy? I don't know. I actually don't know about Joe Duffy. PJ Gallagher blocked me as well. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Comedian and now radio host. So are you telling me you don't have a future in radio? That's why you're doing podcasts? Oh God, probably not. I think about it. I've often wondered why I didn't get picked up for my own radio show. And oh. now that I'm now that you say that, I'm like, maybe that's why they all hate me. You're on the Niall Boylan blocked me as well. Adrian Kennedy. I can't. 
Why? What were you saying well, about them? Male radio DJs can't take the truth. They're very sensitive. Yes. What were you saying? Sensitive. I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I was on the Adrian Kennedy phone show once as well when I was a teenager. Called in <laughs> to give my opinion. Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I can't believe Joe Duffy blocked you. Are you still blocked? No, he's unblocked me since. But I think he changed his... Tw- I don't know. I don't know. That's a mystery that I'll get him go with did me. You get- go with him to his grave. So why did this Adrian guy block you? Oh, Adrian Kennedy, I don't know. I think we were arguing about something. Can't remember. I think you do remember. No, no, I actually can't. No, no. Jeremy Dixon is another one who's blocked me. He's, he's another radio DJ. <laughs> They're all men, Rosemary. Is there, is there a common you thread here? hate me. So that's what I'm telling you. Jeremy Dixon actually tweeted one day something about how Oh no, what was it? He tried to add me as a friend on Facebook after he blocked me, right? And then I tweeted and I was like, like, hey, hey, Jer, like, if, if you want to be friends, maybe unblock me on Twitter first or like whatever. And he was like, I did not friend you on Facebook. I went to the bathroom at work and one of my colleagues, knowing how much I hate you, <laughs> tried, tried to add you on Facebook. So petty, people. So petty. I know. It's like, how, how often do you talk about me at work that your colleagues are like, you know who he really hates? Friend her on Facebook. Oh my God, another one. Uh, your man Ray Shah put up a Facebook post. He had another radio DJ put up a Facebook post one day about I would like to punch me in the face. What? Yeah. That's a bit strange. Sorry, you're laughing. Me. It's very violent. It's not very nice. No, it wasn't nice. I can't, I'm still back with the friends on Facebook again, but it gets I'm like, how do they all have his password? This sounds extremely sketchy. I just left Facebook open his computer like dope. <laughs> I can't believe But he's, he's like one of these... This would be their idea of a laugh. Like, do you even see? You don't get alerts. Like, how would... How? Oh, God, I can't even... Were you just supposed to accept it? Were they expecting you to accept him that he was going to get the shock of his life when it was like, Rosemary McGinnis accepted your... No idea. I can't believe he bothered to write back like all I rate. I was not trying yeah, to be your friend. Me. That was one of my friends playing a, playing a joke. Like oh. we like to play jokes on each other in the office because we're lads. That's a, they they sound like a gas gang of lads. I'd have to say he basically has this like shock jock show where he'll put, you know come on and be like, you know, a Dublin mother on welfare was spotted buying a twenty five grand car. What do you think about this? You know this kind of shit. Oh. He's like one of these radio shows. So like, but obviously a very thin skin at the end of the day, despite you know doling yeah, it all I out to the rest of the nation. What particular argument God. sparked our initial feud? I mean, you were very argumentative for I a while. I was very argumentative for. I, mean, I still am now, but just not on Twitter, just in real life. You did say lots of inflammatory things, but I mean that I doesn't mean you should be getting punched in the face or threatened with that either. Maybe What's he left that? the balloons outside your house. I'm not even joking. Oh my God, stop. The the punch in the face thing, though, was when I'd written a piece about how people shouldn't overexpose their kids online. And it was so weird because it was like everybody's written, like everybody, like this has been in every newspaper with someone saying, yeah, we really shouldn't overexpose our kids online. And like my point was, if I recognize your kid in the supermarket from Instagram, that's a bit weird. And also, like if I can tell what school your kids go to because I've seen their school uniforms and if I know, you know, the road you live on. It's just like none of it's safe that I was like, it's all really dodgy and also kids can't consent like they're too young and when they're older, how are they going to feel about their whole lives having been documented on Instagram or whatever? Like it was not... I've written a lot more inflammatory shit than that. You have. I have. And a lot of like, a lot of mums and dads, Beatrice and Dublin, got very annoyed. Anyway, so back to you complimenting. Back to you. Back to you. Back um, to me being the boss. Back to you complimenting Nikki and Georgina and just fangirling, fangirling over them. (laughs) Oh my God, that just made the blocking even more. Anyway, I'm really angry about that one. I can't believe. I complimented you in public. Actually, do you think it was a comp? I'd say they were probably insulted. Like, you're the 19 year old, you're their target demo, and you're like, my mom loves you. (laughs) (laughs) She probably was a bit of. (laughs) 
bit of a bitchy thing to say. <laughs> yes. I'm glad now. It was I'm, a bit I backhanded. Hope, I, you know what? I hope I hope he he heard me say that and he went, oh, my star is on the wane. I hope, <laughs> I hope that made him feel bad now because of what came later, the blocking. Petty. <laughs> Petty. Anyway, I was working Zara. I, thought, I mean, I thought it was very fair while I worked in Zara. I do remember, like, you know, I wasn't... Um, what, yes? Well, I'm just... I was, like, I definitely liked a rule. Oh. Right? And if there was a rule in place, there was a rule in place for a reason. And if you're supposed to be in an at your till at five to nine, you're supposed to be in an at your till at five to nine. So I do remember more than once being quite, like, snippy with my fellow cashiers. So 19-year-old me being in one day as head cashier and somebody would come in at, like, 9.02 and be like, sorry, the bus was late. And I'd be like, it doesn't matter. You need to go up and open your till right now. You're late. <laughs> I literally remember. <laughs> absolute knob. Oh, my God. Absolute knob. Like, why? And I think it was because I'd be getting stressed that like the floor manager would be coming around going, why isn't the till upstairs open? And you're also like, it's fucking Zara. Why was it? Why were we so obsessed with opening all the tills in those days? Now you go into a Zara and there's one till open in the furthest back corner. Like, now they don't seem to care about opening all the tills. Back then, I'm telling you, it was like... Well, they had to get that half, that quarter of a million in the tills. Only one day. Never, never to be repeated. God, um, amazing. I, I'd say actually the day Penny's opens after after the latest lockdown, there's going to be... Well, especially after we saw that last video where they were all... I mean, and I didn't really know that like Penny's was such a... I mean, I know people get their undies in Penny's, but people seem to really miss buying new undies from that video we watched. Yeah, was it was it an RT news piece? Yeah, it was an RT news piece, and everybody was like, "Need me? Need need some more knickers?" But like, loads of people seem to be saying that they go in and buy new knickers every two weeks, which was the biggest mystery to me. I know. I well, like, I know. I was like, "I've obviously been doing out. Am I doing this all wrong? That's what I was I wondering. Know, I've been like in the bathroom looking at my flexi fits, going, "Is that a hole now, or is <gasps> it just like a little bit of wear?" You know what I mean? I'm like, "Does that classify as a hole? Do I need to go in the bin, or?" Can I wear them? And I'm like, I'm nearly always deciding to wear them a couple more times. But I mean, I need more flexi fits. I really need to go through my underwear drawer, as I believe I've stated before. And like, I can't even close it, right? It's so jam packed. But there are only about four things in the underwear drawer that I actually wear. And they're all flexi fits. They're all flexi fits. Yeah. Every other pair of knickers gets passed over every single day. And then I'm like, oh my God, I hope there's some flexi fits out of the wash. I hope it's like, I mean, I just really need to get rid of everything else. You do, you know, and I mean, and, and when I look at them, some of them, I think I've probably had this for 20 years. Like, that's not very, but I mean, I've never worn it. Yeah, in the, no, no, I've I had know, it for I 20 know. years. You're not, you're not wearing them three times a week. And I'm not about to start wearing it is my point, because oh, I've yeah, never, like, it's it's this thing where I'm like, and the, some of them are too, are too small as well. And you know, the infamous, like you buy it, it's too small and you go, well, I'll fit that now in a couple of weeks. And then I'm like 20 years later, I'm obviously not about to fit it. So I just need to face and also it's probably hideous because it was 20 years ago that it was looking cute you should do that today I, I, I'd i love to go up and do that now but I'm not I'm <sighs> maybe I will do that today pack my own maybe house I will this week. I, did, I tidied the house this morning I tidied the house this morning though and I feel like I've got some work to do so I feel tired you're going to leave this room and that house is going to be back to I can't I know anyway so when I was then leaving Zara I think I was in Zara for about six months and then I basically I had applied for a job in this because I'd taken a year out between school and college because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do I was like faffing around and I had applied for a job in the civil service as clerical officer on mother's urging it's like great that's great to get in the civil service you get in early and you work your way up right? she literally was just she's just trying to mould her mini me I know she loves civil service I mean, it was grand. I did nothing and I got paid for it. It was great. I worked in Stephen's Green. So it's like, did you see that day. person in Italy who got arrested for having gone to, for allegedly, like for having been paid for 15 years and never showing oh, up never to work? Never showing up to work? Yeah. That was amazing. It was amazing. I was like, that was it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I'd love that. I would not love that, obviously. 
<laughs> anyway, when I left Zara then, because I got this job, I finally got offered this job in the civil service about nine months after I'd done my interview or whatever. And mom was like, great pension job. And actually Zara paid more. Like unsurprising, because the civil service, when you go in at the bottom level, doesn't pay that much. And you loved working in Zara. I Wait, loved working you in worked Zara. in Marks and Spencer. So you, oh, you no, I never worked in Marks and Spencer. What, I, I meant, worked in Urban Outfitters. Sorry, sorry, I meant to say Brown Thomas. And I worked in Brown Thomas. I didn't, I didn't love Brown Thomas as much. Oh, I thought you did. But you were nobody's boss, right? I know, thank God for everybody involved. <laughs> but when I left Zara, I basically, like every single person who signed my card said something like, I won't miss you bossing me around, but I will miss you, Laura. Kiss, kiss. Like literally everyone said something about how bossy I was in the card. And like to, 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 the, to the extent that I was like, couldn't even, I couldn't even feel nice, but I wasn't even like everybody like, I was like, everybody hates me. It was like a nightmare. But it goes back to, it's your organizing, it's your organizing side, like the always, or, you know, always in charge, always making the lists, always forming the clubs. That was your background. That was my background. But I also think like, I'm really not a good delegator and I don't have a huge amount of patience for explaining things. I'm like, I really shouldn't say because I'm like, what if I do want to go back to the workforce some babies? And then this podcast <laughs> is going to be online basically telling every prospective boss, do not hire her to either manage people or be under people because she won't be able for it. Well, I have a full-time job, Rosemary, and every now and then you ask me questions that are extremely inappropriate that I cannot answer because same. Well... I mean, yeah, but that just goes to show you're smarter than I am. You're, you're you're a strategic thinker. But I don't like, like, I just don't have the patience to explain things to people. So, you know, sometimes when you're trying to delegate something, you're like, would you mind doing this? And it needs to be done like this. And then you're like, I'll just do it myself. So I could basically take a job where I am the boss only of myself in an office on my own. So basically what I'm doing now. <laughs> but I'd but like you'd to get like paid a lot more. And a pension. Yeah. And a pension and some health insurance. And paid that all that would be, be good. That would be good. Paid maternity leave. I mean, I'm thinking, like, what? Am I a good manager? Mm. Well, I was talking to Kim about this today. Oh. No, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> well, you could. You should have for background for no, research for this. Answer. I mean, I feel like I'm grand. I think I'm okay. I think it... Hang on, hang on. Let's just let's just rewind for a second, Beatrice. You work in corporate America. Yeah. I think, how would you answer this as a corporate American? I was about to say... You're sounding very Irish. I'm grand. I think I probably, like, it's hard. I think my job at this point is, a lot of it is about communication right, is about making sure that everybody has the same information because I'm, like, I have, you know, I mean, like, I have access to lots of information that then needs to be disseminated among the teams, you know, and then the teams do, like, do the work and then I'm kind of supposed to be communicating. Like, I, I realize I'm in meetings where I'm like, this is the fifth time I've been in this meeting, but every time it's a different group, you know? Yeah. And I realize that that's actually a huge part of my job, which over time, like you don't really notice and that over time you realize like you're not in this meeting because we actually need your input. We're in this meeting so you can share the outcome of this meeting with your manager or somebody else. Like that's actually your job. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I get you. And so I think I probably like need to figure out a better way to communicate that kind of information and make sure people know because I think so much is happening all the time that maybe I'm not the best at it, right? But I also think I just want to keep going. Like, I'm not super keen on slowing down and telling everyone what's going on. Like, I just analyzing what's happened this week or the results of... Um, no, not so much. I more mean like, I, I'm i like, come on, we're wasting time here. We need to keep we need to keep moving, you know? Okay, and yeah, I think I a you. lot of people want to, well, just slow down and let's talk about what happened. And, let's, and I'm like, okay, we talked about it. We, we did that. I feel like I want to move more, maybe more quickly than some people do, Yeah, you know? But that's just my nature, right? I'm not like super keen on... I don't know, the, you know, getting it all, making making it all look fantastic. I'm like, do you have what you need? Let's go. 
you know, yeah, and yeah, I think I that's not how everybody behaves. And I think it makes some people uncomfortable. I didn't get that officially. You know, I didn't get that in an official email. I didn't yeah. officially hear that through the correct channels. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people like personality wise, like to wait for everything to be in the right place and like for the perfect environment or situation in which to move forward with this project whereas you're definitely not like that like no even conversations that we've had about the podcast were about things that we want to do and I'm like oh well we shouldn't do that until we're at xyz and you're like why not you know what I mean whereas I'm kind of going let's wait for the perfect condition so that we know that we have like x number of followers and that we have this and that we have that and you're like but like why not just do it now yeah I think I think I'm yeah I'm yeah. like I don't mean that in I don't mean that in a critical way or or like to make you sound impulsive I mean, I'm sure you can be impulsive, but I I think more that like I'm probably more cautious. Well, not even cautious isn't the right word. I'm just probably like, don't no. do that now. No, I think it's yeah, probably right. <laughs> no, but I think you you're somebody you like to have a plan. You like to know oh, you like to know where you're going. Oh, you I, hate a plan. I love Yeah, a plan. and I'm not really I'm more like, it's fine, we'll figure it out. Like I'm we'll build it as we go. Whereas yeah. I think you're more like, let's build it and then let's go. And yeah, and you're also like, if it's good, that's that's enough and I'm like no 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 but it like has to be good in the right context and like with the right audience and and you were kind of like yeah but like I think you you were very much like if we build it they'll come whereas I'm like we have to wait for them to come before we build it yeah and I mean probably somewhere in the truth is somewhere, somewhere in the middle, middle is yeah. the truth you know I also I was thinking back like when I started managing though and I see this in a lot of people a lot of more junior people as well like a lot of new managers because I mean the managing is the one thing like it's probably one of the most important things you do right in a job if you are a manager and it's there's like zero training. There's just I was this actually assumption. Say that yeah, that like like any managers I've worked with as well, you've, you like you see them become managers, and it's more through like time and tenacity than actual skill or suitability. Yeah, suitability. Right, yeah. Like because not everybody. I don't like, and I think it's hard because progression, like in corporate America, especially is. You know, if you're going to progress, you're probably going to own, run a team, and you're probably mm-hmm. going to like you're going to have people underneath you. Whereas you know, what if you're just an amazing contributor? Like I was talking about this with somebody the other day, like, shouldn't we figure out what are the roles that don't need to manage people? Like, I don't yeah. actually think that, especially in design, it's not necessarily always beneficial for people to be distracted by managing other people. And yet, like, they're they're going to kind of get capped at a certain point with like, well, they can't, you know, why are we paying them this? They don't manage anybody. They're not at that senior yeah. level. Like, we need to figure out like how to reward, you know, if you're an individual contributor, that's amazing. Because if I want you to like, if you're a designer, isn't it better for the company that you're designing than that you're spending your time managing people? Yeah, yeah. You know, and in some places you'd have like a studio manager, but I've never actually seen, like, I wonder if the designer should actually report to that studio manager where it's more about your time off or, you know, your personnel issues, etc. Yeah, and then, like an admin kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think people, you know, then at the same time, that's another headcount. So it all becomes like, well, wouldn't you be better putting those funds against another designer? Well, yes, yeah, but yeah. like, who's, but like where's the output? That is a really good point that for people who either don't want to or who are not suited to managing other people what is the career track if they're in any like any kind of company really like yeah. it doesn't have to be super corporate america it doesn't have to be a big company you know it doesn't have to be a startup it could be something really small like if you're not the owner mm-hmm. and you're not somebody who's who wants to manage people or who could or who should be managing people where do you go like where is there to go is there nowhere like, well, should you just become an entrepreneur like me? Probably. Well, I was thinking, well, I was going to flashing back though to like when I first started managing people and I think I was like much less flexible. You know, like you were saying the, the kind of it's 902 and I was much more about like, where are they going? You know, what's going on? Why yeah. are they late? Um, why aren't they as engaged as they need to be? You know, but well, they didn't do this correctly. Whereas now, like I just kind of go, 
you know, people are all adults and I presume yeah. most people come to work and want to do a good job, right? Like it's, you kind of have to assume positive intent to a certain yeah. extent. But I also think it's interesting because I still see like lots of people, lots of managers, lots of senior level people kind of still say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out tomorrow. I'm going to X, Y, and Z. And mom always said, I'll be out tomorrow. You know, I'm taking yeah. like you're entitled you to your time off. You don't have to tell them yeah. where you're going and you should never ask where they're going. And like I do see people that and I always write back and say, that's great. Thanks. In the future, you don't have to tell me like, yeah, that's up to you. You know, you're you can apply for your time off as long as you have your work done. I mean, I assume if you're applying for two weeks off that you're comfortable that you yeah, have your yeah. work done. However, I have discovered that that's not necessarily the case. People are like, oh, well, you said I could take it off. But like you didn't finish your project. Yeah, but I was on vacation and I go, well. I assume that if you're going to apply for it, that you have what needs to be, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sitting yeah. on everybody's heads, but there is kind of this, you know, I think there's some people, some people, like everybody's so different. I think that's the thing about managing. Like you really are, your entire time can just become people management. Yeah. And there's always something happening. It's always somebody in flux or somebody having, you know, a crisis or something, a family issue or yeah, a yeah, health or issue. A personal thing or yeah. a work thing. I remember reading a book by Gary Vaynerchuk, who I, I subsequently went off. Surprise, surprise. Uh, no, um, I read a few of his books and then I watched his YouTube videos for a while. I just found him very like shouty in that way of like men who are like, you know what you need to do? You oh, need to step up and you need to do this. I'm not good at that. No, but one of his books that I read talked about how when you become a manager, you nobody tells you this, but you're actually then working for the people you're managing, that you're there to yeah. facilitate them as opposed to the, the other way around. And he's like, that's one of the things that he found hard when he became a manager of a company that he's like, you know, people like there were all, all these demands on his time where people would be like, you know, can I have a meeting to discuss this or can I have a meeting to talk about my project or even my personal issue or like a HR issue or whatever. And he'd be like, no, I'm busy. But he didn't realize at the time that actually that was part of his role was to serve them. Yeah, I think um, you just reminded me, I think it's really hard as well being promoted into a new role, right? When you've done the previous role and if you're promoted into a new role, it's really hard to know that transition of like, what are my new duties? Like, I think I see loads of people who become managers and still do their old jobs. I was about to say, it's really hard to let go. Of yeah, well, it's really hard to understand to because, to else or... because so much of job descriptions are vague, like, you know, yeah. manage the this, manage the day-to-day of the database. Whereas like then when you're a manager, it's more like oversee the management of the database. And you're like, what's really the difference between yeah, like, yeah, managing and overseeing. Yeah, because yeah. you're you're doing one, whereas you're you're not like. I mean, your job is obviously not to watch other people doing the work. You know what I mean? You're also, but like, it's hard to understand what those, like my like my role changed recently, and it is hard right now to understand what I need to give away, and like under and, and literally, and then also having that kind of um, organization or like the just even the. I mean, maybe what am I trying to say? Like having the organization like being organized enough to sit down and say I'm giving this thing that I do to you and this is what it looks like and here's what you have to do I mean I haven't done that yet but I realized over the weekend I was like I think I actually have to sit down and say I'm not going to do these things anymore and it makes me incredibly uncomfortable because to the point of like not delegating some of it I enjoy as well you know some of it like I really like some of the things that I'm going to give to other people yeah yeah so you you kind of want to keep them but it's not like it's not doesn't make sense with your new role and your new 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Responsibilities. I used to hate doing handover documents. That was my number one least favorite thing to do at work. You know, and you'd be leaving or if you were oh, yeah. taking on a different role, they'd be like, will you do a handover document for the new person? I'd be like, I'd rather sit, I'd rather have them just shadow me for a week so I could yeah. talk them yeah. through things. Whereas like sometimes when you'd leave, the person wouldn't be starting until the, like the following week and you'd have to just do this, oh, this tedious document. I also have to question like how useful is it really? Because it's so abstract, you know, I do this. What does that mean? When do you yeah. do it? Like what time of the day do you do it? And how to the what level of detail do you yeah, do it? I do think shadowing like, is much better. In loads of jobs that I've done, like, here's how I do this. You could do it completely differently. Yeah. And just as well, if not better. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, not that I mean, well, I was, I was actually say, good not at some better. things. Not better. I mean, I was good in some jobs. But like, quite seriously, you know, I keep thinking now, this is not related to managing, but the one thing I've dreaded the most in every single job is the leaving. Oh, it's why? The worst. Why? Because it's really awkward. It's really awkward. It's, it's, it's also the whole kind of, the whole mechanics of like writing a letter as well. Do you know what I mean? That you're supposed to hand, like you're supposed to have written notice. So it's not even a natural, hey, do you have time for a 10 minute meeting? You sit down and you go, hey, I've been offered this opportunity and I'm going to move on or whatever. You have to hand over this. Like, I was like, I remember when I handed in my notice um, in a job I was in, I was like, hi, um, uh, this, like, I have, like, 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 I almost felt like I was handing drugs across the table. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this is, I have this thing in an envelope and it's for you. And that was actually the weirdest thing. Like, when I handed in my notice at one particular job, I remember my boss being like, oh, like, you know, I'm really surprised. Is there anything we can do to change your mind and blah, blah. And I was like, no, not really. You know, and, and they said, oh, you know, could we offer you more money? And I was like, no, it's, it's like, honestly, not about the money. I think I just would be happier doing X, Y, Z. And then that person never spoke to me again. Oh, yeah. That happened to me too. would not even say hello to me. Would not, like, didn't, didn't say goodbye, didn't say thank you, nothing. Like I'll tell you, works. I'll tell you one thing that I thought about that when you're, I mean, you're a very direct person, right? I think you're pretty direct. I think, you know, you're pretty out there, like you're very um, 
honest. You don't have a lot of things that are secret, right? No. I mean, I can be very direct, but I can also be like, I really dread any kind of confrontation. I'll really put off. Well, that's what I was going to say. So that's when I, I had a book recommended to me this week called Crucial Conversations. Have you ever read that? No. I haven't read it yet either. But, haven't. but um, my friend Tracy recommended it to me and she was like, this changed her life, right? And you know, I love a good workbook. So you I'm do. going to purchase it and report back on it. But like, I think that I am very direct and I think that is something that I have developed over the years. Like, I mean, I'm direct, you know, in your personal life, you are and you aren't. Like, there are moments when you are and then there are moments where you try to get around to something, you know? You're very you know? direct with me. Why well, I'm direct with you. I wouldn't mind if you try and get around <laughs> a few more things with me, to be honest. But I think, like, I think it's a good thing, but I also realised recently that not everybody likes that. Like, not everybody, it makes some people uncomfortable, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't want to have to have, to your point, that confrontation. They yeah. don't want to address the elephant in the room. They don't, like you, they feel put on the spot. Like I always thought, people mm-hmm. appreciated it. And mm-hmm. Now I realize it really depends Not on the person. Does. Yeah, like that they don't want to sit down and have this conversation. They want you to put it to them in an email so that they can think about it exactly twenty four hours. Yeah. But I was going to say the reason I think I have become much more direct is because it kind of goes back to communication, but it's more about like people understanding you. You know, people want to know the why, right? This is what I always hear. And I was told like, you need to explain. So instead of saying, I like this, I'll say, I like it because I think this is brand appropriate because, right? So I'll always give that context because without it, you know, it's just, if I'm out for a week, they're like, would Beatrice like this? Would Beatrice not like this? You yeah, know? yeah. Whereas they can go, oh, she would like it because it speaks to the same thing that we Well, and at the end of the day, I'm trying to like also say it's not about me. It's about the brand, you know? So yeah, is yeah, this yeah. brand appropriate? What are your filters, etc.? But from a personal communication, like communicating with somebody who reports to you, you know, if you're unhappy with their performance, like that's really hard, right? Because you don't want to sit down and go like, you're crap. You, know, you also have to give examples, you know, here are the mm-hmm. things, blah, blah, blah. But I remember one time I sat down with this girl and she was a designer and she was, Wojus, right? Like genuinely wojus. This was maybe 10 years ago, right? Actually just and pleasant, but also weirdly lazy, right? Like always showed up with, oh, I just didn't get the work done or, oh, I'll, I'll have it for tomorrow, you know, and everybody else would be there with their stuff done. Like, of course, with their stuff done. Mm. Like, that's your job, you know? Yeah. And then I pulled out her resume and I didn't hire her. I pulled out her resume and I was like, oh, this job that she's doing, she has zero experience in. I was like, maybe this is why, you know, so yeah. I so I said, I'll sit down with her and I'll have a conversation. So we sit down and we have a conversation. I go, you know, I pulled out your resume. Can you tell me, you know, why did you apply for this job? Well, I love it. I really love it. And I go, well, I really don't think, you know, that you're fulfilling the role as it needs to be done or whatever, you know. And, you know, I don't know that you really have the right skills and we can think about if there's another role that would be suitable for you. But if I don't see improvement or, you know, something over the next while, we're going to have to talk about next steps, which could potentially be an exit, right? Yeah. That's what I thought I said, right? I think I did say stuff around that, but I think I also filled up the space in between with a lot of like joking, you know, and platitudes, et cetera. Chatting and trying to ease the blow. Exactly. And at the end I said, okay, why don't you repeat back to me what I just told you to make sure we're on the same page? And she goes, you really like what I'm doing. You're happy with me in my role. And just we'll touch base again in a couple of weeks just to make sure that we're both still in a good place. And I'm like, absolutely the polar opposite of what I just said but it was really eye-opening to me and like that people like have have an image of themselves I mean I'm sure I do too and that to hear from somebody else that the their perception of you is so at odds with your own image like you cannot you know you have got to be super direct because people do not hear what you're telling them basically they hear what they 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 genuinely hear what they want to hear or what they're comfortable hearing you know she was not remotely bothered, not phased at all, even after like we spent another 15 minutes clarifying, no, she was not doing a good job. So I think I've become like over time as a manager, I'd say that's probably one of the things I am direct. I try to confront issues. I try to not let things 
go on, mm-hmm. you know, and because I think there's nothing worse than here are the five things you've done that have annoyed me over the last six weeks. On Tuesday the 4th, you did this and it was really annoying. On, you know, Friday, like that's so crushing to hear. And I also think yeah, it's a yeah. self-fulfilling thing. Like if you start telling somebody that you're not happy with them, like you have to sit down at the beginning and say, hey, this is going on. How are we going to fix it? You know, or are you interested in fixing? Because that's the other thing. Sometimes yeah, yeah. people don't want to fix it. They're like, well, that's your, that's your problem. You know, it's not a problem for me. It's a problem for you. And that's really hard. But anyway, so I think I'm very direct. And I, and again, like I said, it's not good with everybody. So I have to figure that part out. If like anybody who you have managed in the past or who you currently manage is listening to this, I'd love to know what they're thinking. I'd love to know if some of the time go, direct me whole. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of perceptions of self. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I also think naturally sarcastic. I'm trying, I try to eliminate that or like be careful because also I realize that it can be very crushing to people who feel you know, slighted by it. Oh my God, sorry, it's just reminded me. When I worked in Chivago, a music shop in Galway, I wasn't in charge of anyone, but I worked there for a summer while I was in college and there was a girl who worked there. I think she was the daughter of the owner or the daughter of the manager or something and she was maybe 13 or 14. She would come in like on Saturdays and just like do a Saturday in the shop or whatever. And I remember at one point I got taken aside and I got told I was making her feel that I was intimidating her and that I that um, they would prefer if I didn't sing anymore. What? <laughs> I used to be singing along with everything like behind the till not necessarily when there were loads of customers in the shop but you know if you were there on your own yeah why was that intimidating to I her I don't know I'm such a good singer. or she just hated it yeah or maybe she I just mean, thought that I was like maybe she thought it was some kind of weird power move when she'd be like Rosemary do you want me to and I'd be like oh but protected <laughs> I don't know or maybe that you weren't connected and they were just using it as an excuse to tell you to stop singing Maybe they were two separate things and I just put them together. I am thinking about an intern who absolutely hated me one time and told me when they were leaving, like this was when I when we were in Paris, there was this duo and they were absolutely bizarre, right? They were this these mates. And uh, I, I thought we all got on very well, right? And then I, I can't remember what happened. I think we moved them from the accessories department to like apparel and they never forgave us. I can't quite remember the details, but I remember at the end they came up and were like, you were the worst fucking manager we ever had. You are a dick. <laughs> what did you say? I'm sure I was just like, well, you know, you would say that. I don't know. I'm sure I had no witty comeback. I was probably just like, am I? I probably started crying. Am I? <laughs> oh, you probably did. Yeah, but not in front of them. No, of course not. But that's actually the word. Like, I think I've always tried. Well, I've almost always tried not to burn bridges, except for that one place where I had him a notice and then the <laughs> person never spoke to me again. Then I... What about that other place where, like, I think, you know, you worked with somebody who you probably doused it with kerosene on the way out and, like, lit a massive bridge burn? That doesn't make sense, but you know what I'm saying. We we are in agreement. We, we are in agreement. <laughs> We're talking about the exact same place. Yeah. I mean, if if I could have lit a match on the way out and just ensured that only he burned, I would have done it. <laughs> My God. I remember seeing him actually several times around town on his bicycle afterwards, like the Wicked Witch of the West. Every time I saw him, Oh. And he would never say I either. I think was, who who was it saw him falling off his bicycle one time? It's just like the best story. Not like now. He didn't hurt himself, although I honestly wouldn't have minded if he had, but I think he just toppled off. What do you mean you wouldn't have minded? You just literally said you'd like to burn him down in a building. Ah, uh, yeah, I know, but I just want to like in case people think I'm being really I mean, honestly, if he like if he knew this person, 
You agree with me? <laughs> you would. Yeah, everybody, almost everybody. Is this not? Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll talk about those stories another point. Is this not the person who commented on your leggings? I can't talk about that because then when I wrote about that on my blog, I that person threatened to sue me for uh, defamation. I but it's not defamation this. if you don't mention their name. It's defamation if they're identifiable. But they won't be identifiable. She is not identifiable. <laughs> Basically, I, I, I came back to work one day. I was, I was, I was very fit at the time, Beatrice. I was, used to go and work out my lunch break. And I came back and I, I hadn't changed out of my workout clothes. I was having lunch like in the in the work kitchen. And this person, they walked by and went, what the hell are those? At my trousers. And I was like, what? I was like, what the hell are they? And I went, they're leggings. And, and this person said, that's not exactly appropriate work attire. And I was like, literally, there are four young 20-something interns in the kitchen currently wearing leggings. Each of them, like in different colour, you know what I mean? Like black, navy, leather. He he seemed to exclusively hire young blonde girls who who wore leggings. They. Did you not say yeah, as well they. that they had also complimented a legging wearer at an earlier point, at an earlier juncture? I mean, I'm sure, on, they, I'm sure they had. On but, a wonderful but ensemble. Then, but then one of the girls popped her head out of the kitchen and said, oh yeah, we all wear leggings. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Which was actually nice of her because like she could have said nothing, but it was like, sound, thank you. <laughs> But then, but then I wrote about this in the context of. But how is that defamation? Well, because because I said that some people were fat phobic. Oh, I was about to say they just be legging haters. I was talking about fat phobic. No, definitely. Listen, it was it, this person was not a legging hater. This person was a legging lover on the right legs, as <laughs> I'd say how they'd say it. Honestly, the stories I could tell when this person do- drops dead, I tell you, I'm gonna we're gonna have an entire ten episode series dedicated <laughs> to this, this person, shit this person said. This person also. <laughs> Their bicycle and into the Liffey. Fatally, gonna, yes, fatally wounds themselves. Oh God, I'm going to tell you oh God, the best and worst stories. I can't wait. I'll, I'll probably be 62 and be finally. <laughs> I can tell my truth. I can speak my truth. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll, I'll never I'll, let him go. I'll look like that old age progressed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know that any Hollywood star looks like that at 80, let alone. Whatever uh, age I, I think Glenn Close looked a bit like that in Hillbilly Angie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. I just was more thinking of all the plastic surgery that I'm going to have to have if I want to look remotely decent when I'm older. Sure. Don't make any comments. Or you're I... supposed to talk about the plastic surgery you're going to have. You're just supposed to emerge like a butterfly. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to gaslight people. I'm not into that, Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything else to add? Well, what do you think? What who have been so you enjoyed working for Kirsty, which mm-hmm. is very convenient. I think that might um, be it. Yeah, that might be. I was going to say what makes. Oh no, you liked some of your Irish Times managers as well, but you did not like some of the other ones. But what makes a good manager? What makes a bad manager? What should people avoid doing as managers? I'd say avoid micromanaging. Right, like yeah, get. Oh, you know, it is hard. But it is really but yeah. hard. But like learn to learn not to micromanage. Yeah. You know what I think one of the most important things is, if if you're a manager, you really need to trust. The person who's working for you, like like you said, trust that they're there and they want to do a good job. Mm. Like trust that they're doing their best. I think you, but I think in turn, you said something very wise earlier on. Trust that the way they do things may not be the way that you do them. And that as yeah. long as the work gets done at the end, a la me, exactly. a la my not planning, that is this okay? And also you may not even like 100%. What, but I feel like this, you know, who were we talking about the other day? Uh, Don said, oh, they're like a dog. They just want to pee on everything just to make sure they got you know, they got their say. 
they got to be a part of it and then they'll let you do it. You yeah, know? there are definitely a lot of managers like that that I've that I've dealt with or, you know, even just people who will take credit for. Oh, like, my God. Not even just take credit for your work, because like like maybe if you're the manager and you came up with the overall no, concept. Or, no, I have a good example for you. No, no, no. But I was just going to say like a thank you and a recognition of the work that you've put in. And I know that you don't have to thank people who work for you. It's their job. Well, you don't have to do many things, right? Yeah, but I'm also, it's so easy. No, I will tell you about the one of the things that a manager who I, well, she was actually quite kind of nuts, right? She was very, she was always skedaddling around the place and like whizzing in in her taxi and talking about all the big purchases she was going to make, like a bit, a bit of a wannabe, right? But she was funny and she was nice. And you know, that kind of person where you're a bit like, you have the potential to be a really cool person, but you're trying too hard, you know, that kind of thing. And she was always like, Oh, my husband and I are buying this. Like, how much is that fridge? 20 grand? Oh, yeah. Let me just write down the name. But I think that's the one I'm going to get. I was like, oh, right. Like, just a bit. But she was cool and she was very quirky. And, she, you know, I liked her anyway. But she was the kind of, like, entirely unpresent manager. You know, where you're a yeah. bit like, what are you actually doing all day? Because you're certainly not overseeing anything yeah. that I'm doing. She'd be coming, like, an hour before the presentation. Quick, walk me through this. Mm-hmm. She was actually a very good merchant. She was very good. At, she had a really good eye. So, I mean, she did have a lot of talent. I just didn't benefit from learning any yeah, of it, yeah. right? She was not your mentor. Absolutely not. She was my anti-mentor. Anyway, she... Oh, yeah. So, I pitched this idea to her. I said, like, should we do vintage reissues? Because this brand was so big, you know, and it, it was really not cool anymore. And I said, like, should we do, like, a vintage capsule? I think people would really respond to that and it's very timely blah 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 I don't know about that she goes well why don't you just mock it up and show it to me so I mock it up I show it to her right never gets mentioned again then we have a massive presentation with the, all the heads of the company including the CEO and she just whips this thing out of the back closet because I had this idea for you know my work basically for a but again it wasn't like that I considered it my work you know but she literally goes I've had this idea for yeah. industry and it wasn't even like Beatrice worked on it or, or like not even like like I talked to the team about this and mm-hmm. we came up with but also the fact was she had been like oh no I don't think so yeah, and like yeah. saw, you know and, and but I mean I was also going she mustn't have any self-awareness because I'm here no she just didn't care yeah she didn't care and I never forgave her for that at that point it wasn't so much that I was raging I just had zero respect for her after yeah, that yeah. you know and like I think once yeah. you lose respect it's a bit like you were saying even if you're offered a ton of money to stay if you've decided you're gone yeah. You're mentally gone. Like, I think it's really hard once people have decided they're leaving and hand in their notice. I actually think there's almost no point in convincing them to yeah, stay. Yeah, same. Yeah. Because they're psych- like, psychologically, they are, they're off. But in a greener pasture, having a great time. You know what? By that same token, if you had caught that person six months earlier and realized that they weren't happy with X, Y, Z, you could have actually, not you, not you, but like that could have been turned around. So yeah. I think it's really important as a manager to always have that line of communication open. You know what I mean? To try and try to make it clear to people, like if you're not happy with something, let's talk yes. about it. Yeah, I do think that's a good one because people don't. They no, don't. No, And like, especially Irish people, I think they basically just stew in their jobs and go, my God, I'm so, like, I'm being bullied by this person or like this person is micro managing me or I was told that I'd get this responsibility and I didn't but I don't want to like I'm not going to confront anyone about it I'm just going to be angry and angry and angry until mm-hmm. I get a new job on the other hand I would not say I hate my job I'm leaving if you don't do X right because no, that no, is no 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 of course not no no not of course that's an approach many people take oh right and I think that's the one where you just like the other person goes okay well Fine. you know yeah well that's that's your choice I mean of course that's your choice it's not really a threat because it's your career and your life and if you want to leave feel free you know, so I feel yeah. like it's a weird one. Like, if you don't do this, you have to make this like 
yeah, that there's a like, compelling there's, argument. There's no incentive for me to yeah. do that when I could just hire somebody uh, who's going to be better and more motivated and happier at their job than you. Yes, and less likely to annoy me with a statement <laughs> like this. If you don't give me this, yeah, I'm going to do this. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think trust, like, like trusting your staff, like basically also like make like. If your staff thinks, I often think about managers that I'm like, you know, sometimes you kind of inherit a manager or a manager inherits you, right? And I go into it and I'm like, would this person hire me? Mm-hmm. I wonder I that think, myself. Yeah. And I think sometimes if if I have thought, oh, they're making it blatantly obvious that they don't think I'm good at the job and they wouldn't hire me. And then I'm like, I've no interest in doing good work for you. Yeah. You've no interest in fostering me and like encouraging me to do good work. We're not going to mesh well together. You know what I mean? So is it basically about treating people the way you yourself would want to be treated quite genuinely? I think it is because I I very often, it it is hard because I don't think people even have that thought. I see people managing other people and I go like they, this is like their own worst nightmare because like everybody has a different style. Like some people are, you know, don't tell you at all what's going on. But then the people, the minute they have a direct report, they're like, what's it? She didn't tell me she was going for lunch. She didn't tell me this. And I'm like, this is like, are you seeing this? Yeah. You know, but also you didn't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like. When you were at that level, oh, yeah. Andrew wasn't asking that yeah. of you. It's yeah. just that you now like miss having oversight of what's exactly going on in mm-hmm. that role. And that's a really, really hard thing to let go of. But I also think people get very caught up in like, well, when I was at that level, I did X, Y, Z. Oh, God, I hate that. Yeah. But I mean, I hear myself saying it sometimes as well. Well, I worked a lot harder when I was I in know, my 20s, yeah. you know, and yeah. then I go, but like, but like, so what? You know, I didn't think it was great. Like, should I be requiring that they go through the same torture that yeah, I went yeah. through? Like, no. Should I be requiring that they wait until 3am for a meeting that I am going to like announce on a whim? Yeah. No. I, I shouldn't, like, right? You did. But it does make it anno- like not annoying, but it does make it a little bit frustrating when you have somebody who's maybe just started out and it's like has a job that maybe they're not like outwardly perfectly qualified for but they're really impressed in an interview and you're like I'm going to give this person a chance and then that person turns up and is like late five days in a row. I think it's more about I think the challenge is more about you have a perspective like I have perspective on how things could be better how things could be worse mm. some people don't have any perspective because maybe it's their f- first job they've only yeah. done this job you know they've been in this job for a long time so they've forgotten that you know this is not the same way it is everywhere so it's not to say that I'm trying to punish them but I think there's a lack sometimes of oh you know what I'm actually at work like and maybe things are okay you know maybe yeah. it's not perfect but maybe this is maybe this is actually fine yeah. you know and I think people do though want they have an expectation that like they should be happy all the time. And I feel like mm. I do bits of my job that I don't like. You know, I don't like everything yeah, I do. Yeah. Or like you definitely have days where you're like, I'd rather be in bed. Mm, I actually really like my job, but like there no, are things no, no. that I do. But I know I, you do, but like there are definitely days where anybody's like, oh God, like I'm, you know, oh, I have this these f- five back-to-back meetings and I'm tired and I would mm. rather be... I actually really don't ever think that. Do you just, not? No. I mean, sometimes I'd like to sleep in a bit longer, but like I don't ever think I'd like to just stay in bed. I like going to work. I like my job. But mm. but I do think that... I, d- I think you're right though. Like I think that... Yeah. I don't God, know. I don't really think that. We're going to have to delete so many of these episodes if I ever decide to get back to the workforce. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like... I literally sound like the least employable person in the world. I'm terrible boss. Terrible like direct report. Half the time I don't want to be there. Maybe you shouldn't be saying that. You should be saying, despite what you're thinking, <laughs> I'm an amazing boss. No, I'm saying I'm making myself sound oh, yes. like these yes. things that are patently untrue. Our next episode is going to be why Rosemary is actually <laughs> not as bad 
as she's making herself. She's just very self-deprecating. We'll say, very endearing. We'll say how Rosemary has an active imagination and all those stories were figments. How, how Rosemary really talks herself down. <laughs> yes, exactly. Talk about Rosemary's low, maybe, low confidence. Maybe we'll have Kirsty on as a special guest to talk about oh, how great I am. <laughs> That's a great idea. Oh my God, Kirsty's always sending me messages going like, Stadia, I can't believe, like, like, just like stuff that I'll do on Instagram stories and she's like, like, art. Are you really buying Crocs now or like something? She just, she's my. Are you really buying Crocs? Crocs? Yes, you are. Crocs by Vera Bradley. They're the dope, cutest things I've ever seen. They are very cute. But I also saw Kiara Ferrani bought Crocs. No, I want Crocs. Listen, she bought lilac Crocs. Tell Kirsty Crocs are cool. Well, Kirsty didn't actually mess me about the Crocs. Okay, sorry, Kirsty. Sorry, sorry, Kirstie. Sorry, Kirstie. I thought you were a, fa- I thought you were a fashion anti- editor. Not, I'm, I don't know if Kirsty is anti or pro Crocs. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is sorry, Kirsty said nothing about the Crocs. I'm, I'm sorry I even brought that up. You shouldn't have misquoted. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have put words into Kirsty's mouth that were not there. Kirsty's mouth. <laughs> Poor me. Okay, that is. I think that's it. Beatrice is a great boss. I'm a crap boss. <laughs> Luckily, I'm nobody's boss right now, except for my own. I mean, I don't actually know if I am a good boss. I don't really not don't really want to invite any comments either. I think I like to yeah. just stay where I am, thinking that I'm good enough. Well, but I like, just think I just think there's always sound- room for improvement. You, you sound like once again think what would my American self say I oh. never say this oh my god my American self would boss. say my American self would say I've worked a lot on you know I really read a lot of books I've done Look a lot of all your coaching are done. oh my god they're disgraceful like um, I would say that I genuinely take managing people very seriously and I read a lot of books on I have subject. read a lot of books and I've done a lot of courses and I spend a lot of time a lot of points leaving. <laughs> and I'm no I really and I'm very interested in it I, yeah. I I find the psychology of people very interesting but you know what you also want like you want to be a good manager like you want your staff to do well they're not my staff my team your team sorry my you colleagues want, like yeah you want your colleagues to do well you want your team to do well and you want to help them whereas I think a lot of managers they don't really think about it like that. Like they think I want the end product to be good and like, God, I could do it better myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think often there's not as much of an emphasis on the people. Sorry, I know we were wrapping up and now I'm like, yeah, well, no, I think like I want people to be happy. I want people to enjoy coming to work. I want them to feel fulfilled because you spend so much of your time at work. I want them to actually enjoy showing up. I think that's actually unusual. Like I think, oh, I I don't think it's that unusual. No, well, I I don't think you're like fucking special snowflake one in a (laughs) million. But I don't think all managers think like that. I don't think that's automatic. Well, I to don't. A lot of people I don't get think to manager level. I don't think that occurs to them. I think a lot of people aren't very involved in investing in like being better at managing. They try to be yeah. a good manager, but they're not necessarily think given it dedicating maybe as much headspace to it as I am. Yeah, right? but I also think a lot of people get to management level, and by a lot of people, I mean men. And when they get there, hashtag not all men on I said, I said on this lot. podcast. I didn't, say, I didn't say all. I said a lot. I think a lot of men get to the point where they're they're given like manager position and therefore they think I am a manager now therefore I am good at this because I was given this job do you know what I mean and and, and like I just think and I say this is true like statistically that men are a lot less like men who are in management positions are a lot less likely to think about how to be better managers to read books on being better managers to really think about am I a good manager like not all men well it's that so great book true. by Tommaso Premisic tomorrow whatever his name is why incompetent why incompetent men become leaders i recommend it it's great not book. all incompetent men hashtag no. not, not all, all but some incompetent men but it's actually brilliant um and i left it on all the tables around the office and did you really yes i did and nobody noticed i was super annoyed i kept dropping it on random tables and then oh, coming sorry. back to pick i thought it up. you just bought 10 and like put them like doled them out no no i just kept leaving it i kept strategically leaving it on like men's desks and nobody noticed 
top management therapist. <laughs> Thank you all. Thank you all so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. You can check us out on Instagram at Not Without My Sister, individually at Rosemary McCabe, at Beatrice McCabe. Our website's notwithoutmysis.com. Email us, notwithoutmysis.gmail.com. But before you do any of that, go on to either Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star rating and a review that would be very, very lovely. And tell all of your friends. Tell all of your friends. If you don't want to do a review, it's super easy to just tell your friends, please. And also, you know what? Tell some men. I feel like we don't have enough male listeners. Well, I mean, that's because you're scaring them off with all of your comments. Maybe at the end, they, they, they would listen to the whole Actually, episode. Actually, I, I did read that. that men don't listen as far into podcasts as women exactly. do. Yeah. So as long as we keep the, the <laughs> misandry to the end of the podcast, we're fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. You'll get us on Friday for a, a, a mini-sode, equally well thought out and sexist. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity, sound and original music by Don Kirkland, and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren. As is our podcast, The Critter Shed. For more great podcasts, hop along to thewarren.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.